Good morning. It is a pleasure to be with you on this morning. Uh, have you ever been late to work? That feeling, that anxiety just kind of rises inside of you. Uh, I remember one time in college, I worked on the, uh, the grounds crew, the campus. Um, so it was, it was nice because work was right on campus, but there were times where I struggled to make it there on time. I remember one day coming out of my dorm room knowing that I was going to be late. I usually walked to work. I knew that if I walked, I was going to be super late. So I, in, the, in the bike racks outside our dorms, I see this old beaten up bike. It's been sitting there for weeks, uh, sitting in the rain. It's all messed up. Someone had in my dorm had found it in town, rode it back to our campus and, and just left it there. Um, so in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this bike is going to get me to work on time. So I hop on that bike and I, and I start to pedal. Now this bike, it had some issues. The body, it, it was okay, but the front wheel, it was all messed up. The spokes and the tire, they, they, they were all disconnected from the center of the wheel. That center of the wheel, it was all rusted and, and breaking apart. So I'm thinking, you know, it's no big deal. The, the, the spokes are just there for show. It's not going to affect anything, but I was wrong. I start riding that bike and it just gets more difficult and more difficult. I pedal as hard as I can, but the, the faster I pedaled, the more difficult it got. It, it seemed like this wheel, it had a mind of its own. It was fighting against the direction I wanted it to go. The balance, it was all off. The rim was actually beginning to pull into the brakes and I was struggling as a result. I'm huffing and puffing. I'm out of breath. I'm, I'm sweating, but I'm, I'm still trying to go as much as I can, as fast as I can to make it to work on time. But there was just so much tension. Eventually though, that, that front wheel, it just stops moving. And of course, because of the momentum that was happening. I, I go flying over the bike. I crash into the pavement. Thankfully, I wasn't that hurt, but I had some scrapes, some road rash. Uh, but I remember just laying there staring up at the sky in the middle of that road thinking, I should have just walked to work today. Um, but it was, it was there. It was that day in my early 20s. I didn't know much, I'll tell you that, but it was that day that I learned the importance of bike spokes. Uh, I had seen the, the broken bike spokes, and at first I was like, okay, no big deal, but those spokes, they were more important than I thought. Uh, and I'm sure we all know what a, a bike wheel looks like, but here's a, an image so you can get it fresh in your mind. The spokes, they are necessary for the wheels to work effectively and properly. The spokes help with the tension that is being placed upon the wheel. Balancing the wheel perfectly so it can be used not only to move, but to support what is being placed upon it to maintain all of the tension. Even more important than the spokes, though, it's the center of the wheel, though, uh, the, the hub. That hub, it holds all of those spokes together, keeping them connected. So a strong hub, it's crucial for a bike wheel. If the spokes are not connected to the hub, the, the wheel, it becomes unstable and the tension, it just continues to build and build and build. The broken spoke can throw off the wheel's entire balance. 
It can cause the wheel to start to pull in one direction. Eventually the rim pulls all the way into the brake, making it harder to ride, eventually causing that wheel to just stop moving altogether, leaving the rider drained of all their energy, eventually leading them to just crash and burn. Last week, we started a new series called Idols. An idol is, is anything that we place above God, allowing them to, to take control of our thoughts, our emotions, our actions. The, these idols, they captivate our hearts, demanding our undivided attention. And we, might, we may find ourselves becoming dependent on them for our happiness or, or even our self-worth. And then eventually we begin to feel the effects of that captivation. We begin to realize everything that we have neglected, everything that we have compromised as a result of that idol in our life. In the book of Proverbs, the writer says this, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. The word there for heart is lave, and it's spelled L-E-B, pronounced lave, and it, it means the feelings, the mind, the understanding, the will, the center of anything. It's focused on a person's inner being, their soul, their emotions, their passions, everything that ultimately leads to the decisions that are made in life. Everything we do, it flows from what is centered in our heart from what is most important to us, from what we love, from what we are devoted to. When our eyes are fixed on God and his desires, when we walk in his direction, he will fuel our hearts to feel fully satisfied. But Satan, he wants so badly for us to divert our eyes away from God, to be transfixed on obsessions and captivated by the pleasure that we instantly feel from those obsessions. If we are not careful to guard our hearts, those obsessions, they can take over, becoming what we worship, becoming what we are devoted to, becoming an idol placed at the center of our heart. Something that can easily become an idol in our lives sometimes is a relationship. And that sounds crazy, right? Relationships, they're supposed to be good things, right? God, he wants us to have relationships and that is true, but even a good thing can become a bad thing if we make it our ultimate thing. We all as humans, we have this desire to be seen, to be wanted and to be loved. And we expect relationships sometimes to, to fulfill those desires in our lives. And we become obsessed over it sometimes. And within that captivation, we slowly begin to raise those relationships above our relationship with God. And sometimes it's not even a relationship that we're in. Sometimes it's this desire for a relationship. God, if you give me this relationship, if, if you finally allow me to meet the one, then I will serve you. We raise it above our relationship with God and we begin to give God ultimatums. Our hearts become no longer centered around God, but instead centered around this expectation to feel seen, to feel wanted, to feel loved through this relationship. And, and then the tension, it begins to build and build and build. A, a relationship idol, it is a heart condition. The problem, it rests in the center of ourselves. 
You see, our, our hearts, they are kind of like a bicycle wheel. Remember the meaning of, of lave, the feelings, the understanding, the center of anything? The center of our heart is like the hub on a bicycle wheel. When we place what we place in the center of our heart, it's what we center our lives around. That's what everything else in our lives are connected to. And that center, it has to be strong. It has to be something that is not going to rust or break. It has to be something that we can depend on. It has to be something that can hold all of the spokes together. And those spokes, the spokes in our heart, those are our relationships the people in our lives that help keep us balanced, the people that help ease the tension, but maintaining all of those relationships, it can be hard, right? So the hub in our heart, it has to be strong. It has to be something that not only holds all of those spokes in place, but something that is going to be able to flow into each spoke, strengthening them and securing them. So what should be the hub of our heart? What should we center our lives and our relationships around? What is the most important thing? I'm sure you already know what I'm going to say, but let's look in the Bible and see what Jesus has to say. In the book of Mark, Jesus says this, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Love him with all your mind and with all your strength. And here's the second one. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. There is no commandment more important than these. Jesus, he makes it clear. What is the most important thing? It is God. It is our heavenly father. God, he should always be the center of our lives. God, he should be the hub of our hearts. God should be what all of our other relationships are connected to. Above all else, God is number one. Love God first, love others second. And when we do that, the love of God will flow into our relationships, securing the spokes in our lives. So, so love God, love others in that exact order. Sounds pretty simple, right? Okay, sermon over. Let's, let's go home. <laughs> it's not that simple, is it? And that's where sometimes we find the tension in life because what happens if we reverse that order? What happens when we love others first and we love God second? We place a relationship at the center of our heart thinking that we're going to get everything we need from it because we love how good it instantly feels sometimes. We feel seen, we feel wanted, we feel loved. So our, our lives begin to revolve and spin around that relationship. As a result, we sometimes begin to lose focus on other things that we once loved in life. We sacrifice pieces of ourselves for that brief moment of recognition. We neglect other relationships that had, had once meant so much to us. We begin to depend on something that cannot fully sustain us. And it begins to affect the flow of our life. It affects our decisions, our reactions, our self-worth. In the process, as we make God second, we make him simply just another spoke in the wheel. And then when things begin to fall apart, we begin to ask God, God, where exactly are you? Why are you not holding everything together for me? 
the tension, it builds and builds and spokes begin to break. People in our lives begin to leave and the rim of our heart, it begins to shift, pulling us in a direction that we don't wanna go. Our energy, it begins to be drained. Our, our, our emotions begin to feel overwhelmed and we crash and we burn. Relationships, though they are good, relationships, though they are great, they cannot maintain the center of our heart. A relationship with someone, it is never going to outlast, it is never going to outpower the relationship that is made available to us through God. When we make a relationship the center of our heart, we misplace our obedience. Instead of placing our obedience in God, we place it in something that can inevitably let us down. When we make a relationship the center of our heart, we misplace our trust. Instead of placing our trust in God, we place it in something that we cannot fully rely on. When we make a relationship the center of our heart, we misplace our hope. Instead of placing our hope in God, we place it in something that is not promised to last. Our heart, it begins to suffer as a result, unable to function as it struggles to maintain all of the tension. It's a heart condition. And sometimes when we have a heart condition, we have to have heart surgery. We need to open up and fix what have, has been misplaced, what is throwing us off balance. We need to remove the idol and reestablish the center of our heart on something that won't let us down, something that we can rely on, something that is promised to last forever. When we put God second and we idolize a relationship, we can sometimes be obsessed with this, this desire to be seen, to be noticed, to be recognized, to be approved by someone. Uh, this desire can lead us to put all of our obedience into that relationship in, in hopes that it's going to fulfill this desire for approval. And as we misplace our obedience to this idolized relationship, we begin to compromise ourselves. We compromise beliefs. We compromise values. We compromise integrity. Eventually, we begin to feel the weight of that disobedience. We begin to realize we've been disobeying God. And this can lead us to feeling guilt and shame. It can lead us to think that God, he wants nothing to do with this any longer because of this disobedience. This, bring, this then, it brings more tension into our relationships. It brings tension into our own minds. We begin to lose respect for ourselves, which in turn, it leads us further down this path of seeking approval. We then begin to see that this idol that we have placed at the center of our heart, it is not strong enough to hold us together. This idol, it cannot maintain our full capacity of obedience. Our, our heart, it needs an adjustment. When we feel broken by our own disobedience, a loss of reverence for ourselves, we need to seek out the truth of what God says about us. We shift our eyes away from the idol and we fix them on God's word. Here's what it says in the book of Romans. Because all people have sinned, they have fallen short of God's glory. They receive God's approval freely by an act of his kindness through the price Christ Jesus paid to set us free from sin. God showed that Christ is the throne of mercy where God's approval is given through faith in Christ's blood. In his patience, God waited to deal with sins committed in the past. He waited so that he could display his approval at the present time. 
This shows that he is a God of justice, a God who approves of people who believe in Jesus. Because of Jesus, we are approved by God. We can spend so much time, so much effort seeking the approval of others, and we can easily forget that we are already approved by the creator of the universe. His approval, it does not come with conditions. It is not something that we can ever lose. Because of Jesus, we have God's approval. We are seen by God and we are recognized by God. Knowing that we are approved by God, it can remind us. It, will, it reminds us why we obey him. It reminds us that he has the best intentions for us. And when we remember that his way is the best way, that our relationship with him should be the most important relationship we have, it changes everything. Knowing that, it allows us to open up our bike wheel heart and do some surgery. The knowledge of God's approval helps us realign our obedience to God. And as we put God first above all else, we begin to obey God first. And that begins to draw us closer to God. It begins to produce a reverence inside of us for God. Realigning our obedience to God produces a reverence for God. We begin to respect God more. We begin to respect his commands more. We begin to just stand in awe of his wisdom. We begin to have a reverence for his goodness when we put God second and we idolize a relationship, it can cause us to be obsessed with this desire to be wanted, to be valued, to be accepted by someone. This desire can lead us to put all of our trust into that relationship in, in hopes that it's going to fulfill this desire for acceptance. When we, when we place our complete trust solely in an idolized relationship to make us feel accepted, we begin to neglect important things in our lives that had once attributed to our self-worth. We neglect goals in life. We neglect other relationships. We neglect certain aspects of our faith in God. Eventually, we realize that this is causing us to actually have a distrust in God. We realize that we have been neglecting to put any trust in God. And when that trust becomes broken in that relationship, it begins to make us feel like we cannot fully rely on anything, even ourselves. And the tension, it begins to build and build and build. And we start to feel off balance because we had our identity. We had our self-worth. We had that sense of acceptance based on something that we could not fully rely on. And we then begin to see that this idol, this idol that we have placed at the center of our heart, it is not strong enough to hold us together. This idol, it cannot maintain the full capacity of trust. Our heart, it needs an adjustment. When we feel broken by our own distrust, a loss of reliance, we need to seek out the truth of what God says about us. We shift our eyes away from the idol and we fix them on God's word. Here's what it says in the book of Romans again. Abraham was certain that God could do what he had promised. So God accepted him just as we read in the scriptures. But these words were not only written for Abraham, they were written for us since we will also be accepted because of our faith in God who raised our Lord Jesus to life. God gave Jesus to die for our sins and he raised him to life so that he would be made 
so that we would be made acceptable to God because of Jesus. We are accepted by God. We place so much certainty, so much belief in our idolized relationships. We trust so much that this relationship is going to give us that sense of acceptance that we need, causing us to forget, causing us to neglect that we are already accepted by God. When we place our full trust in God, he will not break that trust. We can look through scripture and see time and time again how God has kept his word. We can look and see the promises that he has made that will help remind us that we can fully trust him. And when we remember that, we realize that our relationship with God is something that we can fully rely on no matter what. We can trust that he accepts us and we can find our self-worth and our, our identity in him. We are wanted by God. We are valued by God. We are accepted by God. So we can trust him with every single aspect of our lives. Knowing that it allows us to open up our bike wheel heart and do some more surgery. The knowledge of God's acceptance, it helps us repair our trust in God. And as we put God first above all else, we begin to trust God first. And that trust, it begins to draw us closer to God. It begins to produce in us this strong reliance on God. Repairing our trust in God produces a reliance on God. And with that trust, our reliance on God, it becomes solidified, it becomes strong. We no longer rely on things that can be broken, but we, we rely on the truth of God's good character. When we put God second and we idolize a relationship, it can cause us to become obsessed with this desire to be loved, to be cherished, to be adored by someone. And that desire, it can lead us to a place where we put all of our hope in that relationship, creating an expectation that, that things in life, they are only good when we are feeling loved or we are feeling adored. We begin this wild ride of happiness and despair based upon the state of the relationship. And our hope, it becomes closely tied to the success or the failure of the relationship. When things are good and we feel loved, man, the future just looks bright, doesn't it? But when we don't feel that love, when we don't feel that adoration, when things don't go the way we expect, our hope, it begins to drain, it begins to fade, and the emotional instability can lead to discontentment, anxiety, it can lead to this constant need for validation. And this can cause us to burden others with unrealistic expectations so that we can attempt to feel love the way that we desire. We place the responsibility on the people in our relationships to fulfill our hope and our ultimate happiness. And that places an enormous weight on the relationship. It places tension and it often leads to disappointment, to frustration, to this cycle of unmet expectations. And then our hope, it begins to drain. Our hope, it begins to run out. Then we feel stuck in despair, stuck wondering how a relationship that had once felt so resilient, uh, how does it feel so weak now? And the tension, it continues to build and build. We then see that this idol that we have placed at the center of our heart, it is not strong enough to hold us together. Uh, this idol, it cannot maintain our full capacity of hope. Our heart, it needs an adjustment. 
When we feel broken by our own despair, a loss of hope, a loss of resilience, we need to seek out the truth about what God says about us. We shift our eyes away from the idol and we fix them on God's word. Here's what it says in Ephesians. God chose us to belong to Christ before the world was created. He chose us to be holy without blame in his eyes. He he loved us. So he decided long ago to adopt us. He adopted us as his children with all the rights children have. He did it because of what Jesus Christ has done. It pleased God to do it. It pleased God to do it because of Jesus. We are loved by God before the creation of the world. God chose us to be his beloved. We are adored by God. We can place our hope in God because we are fully loved by him. No matter what, there's nothing in this world that will ever separate us from his love. When we remember that, when, when we realize that our relationship with God is something that can create resilient hope in our lives, we realize it because of how much he loves us and it can change everything. The hope, it is not drained because of unmet expectations, but hope is resupplied because of the love of Jesus. We are cherished by God. We are loved by God. We are adored by God so we can have hope no matter what hardship we face in life. And knowing that, knowing that we are loved by God, it allows us to open up our bike wheel heart and do some more surgery. The knowledge of God's adoration helps us resupply our hope in God. And as we put God first above all else, we begin to hope in God first. And that hope, it begins to draw us closer to God. It begins to produce in us this strong resilience in God. Resupplying our hope in God produces a resilience in God. And we become resilient in our hope in God, in the hope in our lives. A strong hope placed in something that is promised to last forever and ever and ever. We are approved, accepted, and adored by God, which allows us to have reverent obedience for God, reliant trust in God, and resilient hope in God. All made possible because of the grace that we receive from Jesus. Every scripture that we shifted our eyes to, shifted our eyes away from the idols and fixed them on the scripture of God's word. Every scripture, the underlining theme was because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, we are approved by God. Because of Jesus, we are accepted by God. Because of Jesus, we are adored by God. It's all points to Jesus Because there was a time where our sins and our mistakes, because of those sins, because of those mistakes, there was no way for us to make God the center of our hearts. No way for him to be the hub in our lives. There was just too much separating us from him. But God, he did not want us to live absent of a relationship with him. So he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to repair what had been broken by the sin and the shame in our lives. Jesus, he lived a perfect life. He lived a blameless life. Jesus, he lived his life. In obedience to God, Jesus lived his life fully trusting God. Jesus lived his life knowing the hope that was in God. And he followed that obedience. He followed that trust. He followed that hope all the way to the cross 
And at the cross, he endured that suffering on our behalf because he knew the joy that waited beyond the cross. He knew that it would all end in victory, a victory that enables us today to put God first in our lives, to make God the hub in our hearts by placing our obedience, our trust, and our hope in him. And as we do that, as we love God first above all else, our heart, it begins to pump. Our heart, it begins to flow. Our heart is no longer uh, filled with tension or, or staggered because of this idol that we have placed at the center, but our heart begins to beat and flow with the reverence, the reliance, and the resilience of God. And God, he begins to flow into all of our relationships, strengthening them, making them healthy, allowing us to center each of those relationships on him, allowing each of our hearts to flow into one another's, filling our lives with his goodness and his grace. But we must remove the idol, connect the spokes to God, love God first, love others second. And I'm sure we all have relationships in our lives. And right now, maybe they're popping up in your head one after another. Relationships that we hold dear. Relationships that are important to us. Maybe relationships that you think, oh, it's not an idol. But, but here's the truth. I, I have relationships that are important to me. My wife, oh my goodness, I love my wife more than anything. She is the love of my life. She's my best friend. Um, but I cannot be the husband that she needs. I cannot be the, the, the husband that she deserves. I cannot give her the love that she needs unless I have God as the center of my heart. Because through God, I am able to give her what she needs and what she deserves through God, I am able to give her that faithfulness, that goodness, that gentleness, that patience, though she probably needs more patience for me. My boys, my two sons, David and Jonathan, oh my gosh, what I wouldn't give for them. I, I cannot be the father that they need in their life. I cannot be the father that they deserve in their life unless I have God centered in my heart. Through God, he gives me the love that I can give to them. He gives me the faithfulness, the goodness, the gentleness, the kindness, the patience. Keeping God first in our family, it helps us endure through whatever hardship we face. It fills our family with joy and with peace. Above all else, we have to keep God first so that he can supply us with what we need to give to those who we love dearly in our lives. Balancing the tension in our relationships with obedience, trust, and hope all connected to God. So we can move in the direction of having relationships that are reverent, relationships that are reliant, relationships that are resilient, all made possible because of the grace that we receive through Jesus. But it takes work, doesn't it? Making God the center of our heart, it is not a one and done thing. It takes maintenance. And maybe again, you're sitting there thinking, 
I don't struggle with relationships as an idol. Well, we can place anything in the center of our heart. And Satan, he will try to trick us. He will try to lie to us and make us think that we're not doing that, but we can do anything. It can be money. It could be success. It could be alcohol. It could be anything, whatever we are devoting and worshiping ourselves to. But we have to recognize the tension. And as we do, as we recognize the tension, when we feel off balance, when we feel the rim of our life begin to drift towards the break, when we feel like we're going in a direction that we don't want to go, when we feel like all of our energy is being drained, we have to open up our hearts and we have to recalibrate. We have to make sure that our obedience, our trust and our hope are in the right place. But thankfully, oh my God, thank you. We have Jesus. We have Jesus. And as we follow Jesus, as we follow the example of Jesus's life, as we follow the example of Jesus's love, and we strive to be more like Jesus, it will help us keep our hearts centered on God. And part of doing that, it's being in God's word. It's praying it's making sure that we are in worship every single week and may, maybe even joining one of the, the group, the study groups that George leads here at church, growing our relationship with God, growing our understanding of God. It's going to help us keep him at the center of our lives. It's going to help us declare that above all else, we love God first. If you've come today and you feel like you've just been off balance, you just feel the tension growing in your life, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's something else, you just feel like you need prayer today, then we will be available to pray with you down here. Just come forward at the end of the song. If you've come today and you are ready to dedicate your life to Jesus, you're ready to declare without a doubt that you want to live your life following his example and you want to be baptized we had one baptism last service the water is ready if you want to be baptized today just come forward during this last song and we will make it happen but if you would stand with me now I would like to pray over you before I hop off stage Uh, so let's bow our heads together heavenly father we come before you God Uh, we know in this world that brokenness Chaos, it reigns free, God, but we come together this morning. We come together declaring that we know you are sovereign, that we know you are capable. We know that you are so, so good to us, God. So right now as a church family, we just declare together that that we know that your way is the best way and we just, we ask your spirit to fall upon us, God. Lead us, God. Lead us in the direction that you want us to go, God. Allow us to make you the center of our heart. Allow us to place all of our obedience, our trust, and our hope in you. Because we know that you are worthy. And we thank you, God, for the grace that you give us through Jesus Christ. That makes all things possible. That allows us to be able to have a relationship with you. And we leave today with... (laughs) the goal in mind to show that same love, to show the life of Jesus, to be the example of Jesus in all that we do. 
And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wire podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and follow us on our social media platforms. That way you can stay up to date with what's happening here at Central. And as always, have a great week.